This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. We've been, we started a series last week, and, and I want to continue with that series. Uh, our text was Romans, the 15th chapter, verse 4. It says, whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. And we entitled this, this whole series that we might have hope. I really believe at this time, one of the most important things that we can have is hope. And so Paul was writing to the church. He's writing to the Roman church. Many of these letters that were written to the early church were written to a church that was dealing with a lot of trouble. We're, you know, we're dealing with trouble now. The early church dealt with trouble and either it was economic trouble or famine or often persecution. And so he's writing to the church at Rome and he's talking to them about making sure that they have patience or perseverance and the comfort of the scriptures. Uh, th those are two things that help our hope. And, I, and tonight I want to talk about protecting hope. Two things that actually help our hope. And that is perseverance and then the, the comfort of the encouragement of the scriptures. Now, perseverance, when, that word, you, when you see that word patience, uh, oftentimes we think of, of patience like the thing that we don't have much of. You know, when we think of patience, we're like, well, we're, we're just patiently waiting in line or we're patiently waiting. I, I'm not well known for that, uh, especially waiting in line or in the left-hand lane beside, behind someone who's going really, really slow. That's, that's, actually, not, that's actually not patience. That's long-suffering. And uh, because I'm having to suffer with someone who's in my own personal lane. But when the patience it's talking about here is actually the word perseverance. And perseverance is that quality of character that enables you to keep going, to not surrender to circumstances, to not give in to difficult times. And so he said through patience, through perseverance, through maybe another good word for that is endurance. And so these are all words. Now, it's interesting, and I'm going to give you some scriptures in just a second. It's interesting that the, the scriptures tell us that these are things that we need actually to pursue in our lives. But I don't think anybody gets excited about pursuing endurance. When I was younger, I used to, well, much younger, I used to run track in high school. And I ran track, but then in the fall, I ran cross country. And cross country was all about endurance. It was all about being able, I think, I think at that time we ran about three miles. And so it was all about, especially if you're a sprinter, it was all about endurance and, and dealing with endurance. But the scriptures say that we are to have endurance to deal with the, the circumstances and the things that we're dealing with. Let me give you some scriptures here that talk about endurance and character quality that we're encouraged to pursue. First Timothy 6, 11, uh, Paul is writing to Timothy. He said, you, O man of God, flee these things. He's talking about things that were not profitable and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience. That's that word patience. Again, that's perseverance and then gentleness. I, I like I like all these things. Now, if, if you said, hey, as a Christian, I know I'm supposed to pursue faith and love and righteousness, you know, being in right standing with God. I don't hear too many people get real excited about pursuing perseverance. And it's, it's just not something that we, we think of, yet it's vital because especially in the time that we're dealing with, the ability to deal with circumstances without giving up is real important. 
we're all, all of us are in different situations right now, different work situations, or maybe you're out of work or, or maybe your family situation is a little tense and strained. And so perseverance is, is useful, not, not just towards people, towards people. We need to show long suffering. We need to show love. Perseverance is where that we, we keep hope alive, that we persevere, that we don't give up, that we don't throw in the towel, that we don't say, oh, it's not, it's, it's not worth it. I'm just going to get, I'm going to go ahead and just get drunk or get high. It, it, it doesn't matter anymore. It does matter. So I would encourage you to persevere. You're going to feel, I promise you this, you'll feel a lot better about yourself when you do persevere. There's just something about that that makes you feel good. Now, Paul told Timothy to pursue it. Here's the second thing we see about it. And you'll love this one. Perseverance is developed in difficult times. Isn't that great? <laughs> so we, we have an opportunity to, uh, to talk about perseverance and develop it during these difficult times. Now, I'm going to give you a scripture and I want you to understand something. I didn't write this. James wrote this, but it's, 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 a, it's a great scripture. It's James 1. It says, my brethren, which would include sister and counted all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces, and there's patience, perseverance. <laughs> Don't you love that? And that doesn't that just make you excited? <laughs> count, it, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. That's exactly what we're in right now. I don't know about you, but the first thing that comes to my mind is not counting it all joy. Again, we're, we're as a staff, we're all over the place. We, we get to see each other a little bit. We miss having church. We miss being with the body of Christ. We really do miss that. And we miss you guys. But the scriptures say that in the middle of these times, we're to count it all joy. Now, it never said it felt like all joy. It said we are, we are to count it. It's actually uh, an accounting term. We're going we're gonna to put it all over on the joy side what we're going through, because we know that what we're going through is working perseverance in us. But then the scripture, James actually continues and said, but if you'll let perseverance have its perfect work, that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. So it's not just like we're bearing under, bearing under. If we bear under, we're going to come out of this okay. If you won't give up, you're going to come out of this all right. And so the, the perseverance and the count it all joys, we get an opportunity to develop perseverance. Now, if you think about it, if you, if you decided, hey, you know what, I want to get in shape or not me, I want to build some strength. You do understand that you're actually going to have to lift weights to do that if you're going to build strength. And so if you're lifting five pounds, uh, chances are that's not going to help you very much. You, you, ha- you have to add some weight to that. You add some resistance, you build strength. Under temptations and trials, we build strength. And so we can count it all joy because we're getting stronger. So if, you, if you're like, I, I don't like getting stronger. I want to go back to where it was a cruise. I understand that. But while we're here, we might as well just count it joy and go, you know what? I'm going to come out of this. And this is what's in my heart. I'm going to come out of this thing stronger than how I came in. I'm not going to allow, I'm not going to allow this this difficult time to rob me of an opportunity to grow, to grow stronger in my faith and my relationship with the Lord, to grow stronger, period. I've just, during this time, just become more disciplined in different areas. Why? Because I want to come out of this stronger. That's my heart for this church, that we come out of this stronger. One of the, one of the guys wrote in, uh, one of our church members wrote in, uh, he said, man, he said, I am never going to take for granted being able just to go to church and, 
and, and be able to worship and spend time with other believers. I hope we don't take this for granted. I hope we really look at this and go, hey, wake up call. Let's don't take God and his things for granted. This is when we really need him. And someone said, well, when it's over, we're all going to relax. No, no. When it's over, we're going to be stronger and we're going to do more. And we're going to be prepared for everything that God has for us. Count it all joy when you, when you fall into various trials. So he's still talking about perseverance. And then here's, here's some, also some more good news. God can strengthen us to be able to persevere. God can strengthen us. So we're dealing with troubles and we're dealing with resistance. That strengthens us. And we can pray that God will strengthen us. Now here's a prayer. This is a, this is a prayer that, that we pray for you. Uh, Joy and I do. We pray for you. A lot of our staff, we pray this prayer for you. This is a prayer you can pray for yourself. You can pray it uh, for other people. It's found in Colossians, the first chapter, 9 through 11. He said, for this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. And you could put in there, do not cease to pray for me or do not cease to pray for my loved ones and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all perseverance, patience, perseverance, and long suffering with joy. So Paul was praying, God, that you would enlighten them, that you would allow them to see, uh, us to see all the wonders of what you've called us to, all the, the riches of your glory, that we could have wisdom and spiritual understanding, that we would, we would see that, that we walk worthy of you. But then he also prayed that we would be strengthened with all might according to his power in our hearts so that we could have perseverance and long suffering and with joy. Well, that's strong, isn't it? That you're persevering and you're dealing with people uh, in a very patient way and you do it with joy. That's a good deal. So we've got perseverance that helps us keep hope alive. And then we have the encouragement of the scriptures. Paul said through perseverance and the comfort or the encouragement of the scriptures. So the scriptures give us a basis for belief and a pattern to follow. Cultures may have changed, but God hasn't. And his word is very, very relevant today. People have said, well, you know, the, the Bible's an ancient book. It doesn't matter. Oh, no, no. Jesus said, my words are spirit and life. It is, it is still a spiritual book. It, it doesn't waver or change. And it's a book that, that, that when we read it, it helps us. It strengthens us. It puts spiritual strength in us. That's why Jesus said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And so it, it feeds us spiritually. So when we read God's word and, and think about it, meditate it, put it in our life, it encourages us, but it also does something on the inside of us. In fact, uh, Paul was writing and he told Timothy, he said, it's profitable. In 2 Timothy 3.16, it says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine that's teaching, for reproof, for correction. That means being aligned, right? For instruction and righteousness. This is profitable stuff. So perseverance and the encouragement of the scriptures that we could still have hope. Remember we talked last week and said that hope is a confident, favorable expectation. So we're expecting something good. So we're persevering. We're still believing for something. Something good is, is going to happen. And, and, the, and we continue to, to maintain that and we continue to be encouraged by the scriptures. Now I want to give you a story uh, tonight 
from the Old Testament. But remember what we read, the things that were written before were written for our instruction, for our learning. So what happens is we look at these, these stories in the New and in the Old Testament and we find a basis of belief and we also find a pattern of belief. In other words, there are principles here that even though this story happened a, thousand, a couple thousand years ago at least, probably more than that, even though it happened a long time ago, it's still relevant to us. And it still matters because the principles haven't changed. So we're going to look at the story. It's, it's a story of uh, uh, when Israel and, and the kingdom of Judah, when they split, Judah actually was the kingdom that lasted longer. One of their kings was a man named Hezekiah. He actually was a very good king. The Bible talks a lot about this guy. He put in reforms. He did the right thing. Just had a real heart for God. And Hezekiah was a good man. And he was, he was in Jerusalem. They were minding their own business, just trying to follow God. And the king of Assyria, I think his name was Sennacherib, attacked them or surrounded them in a siege. So here's a, here's a siege situation where, and, and that, we can relate to that. That's, that's what we feel like. We got attacked and we had to quarantine. We had to batten the hatches down. We, had, we can't go where we want to go and do what we want to do. Well, it was even worse then because they surrounded the city. And because they were in the siege, people didn't go out or come in. It, it was a real dire, dire situation. And so Hezekiah did some things where, where he kind of shored up uh, some of the weak areas. We talked about that a few weeks ago on a, on a Sunday, uh, a message called We Interrupt This Problem. So if you want to hear that, y'all, it's free. You're welcome to go back and get that. But here he is, and now he's, he's talking to the people. I want you to see how his words impact the people, what he says to the people. They're surrounded by an Assyrian army, very powerful army. This is not a weak army. This is a powerful army. And Hezekiah begins to speak to the people. Second Chronicles chapter 32. He tells the people, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid nor dismayed before the king of Assyria, nor before all the multitude that is with him. For there are more with us than with him. With him, is an arm of flesh. But with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people were strengthened by the words of Hezekiah, the king of Judah. Now that, that passage is, I, I like that idea because Hezekiah's words helped people facing a crisis. So he, he encouraged them to do something. Let me show you some things he did. One, he encouraged them not to be afraid despite the challenge. They're facing a, a, an army, a multitude, and he's still telling them, don't be afraid. Maybe you've heard me, maybe you've heard other ministers during this time encouraging people not to be afraid. And that's still the message of God, regardless of what's going on. That's always the message. Don't be afraid. But then he was reminding them that God was with them and that God was bigger. And I really love that. He said, yeah, they got a multitude. He said, we got God. He said, so there's more with us than there are with them. Now that's not fuzzy math. That's spiritual thinking. That's just classic spiritual thinking. Yeah, I see an army. Yeah, I see a problem, but I see that God with me, that God is with us. And if God is with us, that is more than what's coming against us. That's huge. And so his words strengthened the people. So it tells us something that words have the ability to make stronger or words have the ability to make weaker. 
and, and how does that apply to you? It, it so applies during this time. And I, I really want to encourage you, be very cautious of your words. And, and we're living together. We're on closer quarters. Many of you are working out of home. Some of, your, some of your schedules haven't hardly changed. Many people have. And they're working out of their homes and they're seeing a lot more of one another than typical. And the challenge is to, to, to begin to use our words. When we get under pressure, often the people around us are the ones that suffer the most. But words can strengthen. If words can strengthen like they did uh, Hezekiah's words, strengthen the people, then please understand that words can weaken. Book of Proverbs constantly talks about our tongue and the power of the tongue and death and life are in the power of the tongue. So please know that during this time, use your words wisely and use your words to strengthen your marriage, not weaken it. Use your words to strengthen your family, not weaken it. Use your words to strengthen your faith in God, not weaken it. And it'll, it'll make a difference. One of the things I, I greatly appreciate about joy, we'll be married, wow, it'll be 38 years this month. And we, uh, when we were married initially, we had some very difficult times. The Lord has helped us. And over the years, we, we've, it, it's gotten so much better. We used to fight all the time. We rarely ever do. That's a blessing. But early on, I noticed that Joy's words really, she began to use her words really to help me. And her words were kind. Now, I could, believe me, I could push buttons. And she early on, boy, don't, don't think, I know y'all think Joy's the sweetest thing in the world and she is. Boy, she would scrap with me, not, not fist fight, but verbally, we get into it. Two preachers, same home, <laughs> that's going to be, that's going to be it. But one of the things I noticed with Joy is her words toward me have always been good. And that makes a difference. When I was in sales and uh, I, I was in straight commission sales, worked for a local company and a great company here in the Houston area, when I would leave, Joy would always have encouraging words. Sometimes my sales weren't that good and it put some pressure on us, but she never dumped that pressure on me. When I left, she said, I know you're going to do well. I know you're going to sell. I know God's given you favor. Man, that is so good to hear. What a difference as opposed to looking at me going, if you don't sell something, Alan, we're all going to die. That weakens you. That's not the way you want to leave. She always left me with good words. You know, and even to this day, I don't know that I've ever preached a bad message according to joy. Now, don't ask anybody else, but according to joy, I don't think I've ever preached a bad message because she's always been very careful about her words that she'll always find something good. Now, she's like some more than others, and I'm not saying I've never preached a bad one, but I say how much I've appreciated how her words over the year, years have strengthened me. And your words can do that. They can strengthen. Hezekiah's words, when he talked about God and he, and he helped the people shift their focus away from the problem and on to God, man, that's a great way to do it. You know, you can do the very same thing today. You, you can begin to just to say, and maybe if you're not accustomed to talking out loud around others, you can just begin to say it to yourself. The Lord's helping us. God's good. The Lord's helping us through the, he has not abandoned us. The Lord is helping us. Joy and I have gotten to be where now we'll, We'll say that just walking around the house and you'll hear one of us go, Lord's helping us. The other one will go, yeah, he's good. And that's, what are you doing? Well, one, we're giving praise to God, but two, the words are strengthening us. Boy, that's so important. We got to hold on to 
hope, a positive expectation that we're going to come out of this. So one of the best ways to hold on to it is to persevere and to make sure that we use our words right. Good things are happening. God's doing good things. He has not lost his power just because a virus showed up. Now, Hezekiah encouraged the people and you're thinking, oh, that's awesome, man. Hezekiah encouraged them and their problems went away. No, they didn't. And I think that's important. This is, this is the rest of the story. Hezekiah encouraged the people and, and the king of Assyria, he just ramped his stuff up. In fact, he really began to, 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 to do what we would call today psychological warfare, but I want you to hear what he does. And so in 2 Chronicles 32, 10 to 11, this is the king of Assyria talking. Thus says Sennacherib, king of Assyria, in what do you trust? He's talking to the people of Israel. In what do you trust that you remain under siege in Jerusalem? Does not, does not Hezekiah persuade you to give yourselves over to die by famine and by thirst, saying the Lord our God will deliver us from the hand of the king of Assyria? And that's pretty tough. He said, why are you trusting Hezekiah? Why are you trusting that, that this God's going to deliver you? And here's the, here's the pattern. His intentions were to cause them to surrender. His plans, the king of Assyria's plans, were to weaken the people by casting doubt on Hezekiah and on God. If you begin to read the rest of it, he, he begins to go through some things. He begins to talk about, it. he said, look, and I'm paraphrasing. He said, look, we've, we've dominated every country we've ever stepped into. There's no God that's been able to stop us. Me, my fathers, in other words, we've got a long history of kicking tail and taking names. And your God, I don't know who you think your God is, but your God is not going to be able to stop us. And he begins to diminish and make God like the gods of the nations that had been defeated. This guy was cocky. Is, is, <laughs> cocky doesn't even begin to describe it. But what he's calling their attention to now, he wants the people to focus on the facts. Here's the facts. Here's what's happened he said, but, and, and he's going to bring God down to the level of these other gods. That, I can just tell you right now, spoiler alert, that was a mistake. But then you see what he also did here. He kept that barrage of fear up, trying to cause fear, trying to cause doubt, trying to cause him. I'm a doubt God. Whoa, what about this? What about all those nations they defeated? Whoa, Hezekiah, is, is Hezekiah right? What's he doing? Just trying to plant seeds of doubt. In fact, he kept that up and had people would, would go and yell at the people on the wall. Look at this. Then they called out. He sent people with a loud voice in Hebrew to the people of Jerusalem who were on the wall to frighten them and trouble them that they might take the city. And they spoke against the God of Jerusalem as against the gods of the people of the earth, the work of men's hands. Now, because of this, Hezekiah and the prophet Isaiah, the, sons of, the son of Amos, prayed and cried out to heaven. Now here's, here's, you see what happened. He's speaking to the people in Hebrew. He said, in order to trouble them and frighten them. This actually was a tactic that some of the kings would use. They would yell out to the people on the wall and basically in their language, hey, y'all are all gonna die. Your God can't get, your God is not gonna be able to help you. You're gonna die. Your children are gonna die. Your wives are gonna die. You, you, it's all over for you. Could you imagine hearing this barrage all the time? And they did it in Hebrew so they could understand it. If they were speaking in a foreign language, it wouldn't bother anybody. But if you can hear it, you can understand it. Words have power. And he's yelling 
They're yelling in Hebrew at the wall. Why are you trusting in this God? And this barrage of, of, of fear was coming their way. But I love to say what, what Hezekiah and Isaiah did. They got together and they, and they prayed. And one, and one, uh, one of the books, it says they laid out this, this uh, threat by Sennacherib before God. And they're basically saying, God, God look, look, what he's, look, what, look what he's saying about you. But you're our God. And God did deliver them. In fact, when God sent, he, he's, I believe this one, he sent an angel or a plague, but I believe it was an angel and it wiped out the mighty men there. And Sennacherib turned around and went back to his, to his home and he went back to his home. Some of his own family killed him. I'm telling you, it just doesn't pay to mess with God. But he, he had blasphemed God and God delivered them through a way they'd never, ever thought about. You know, God's got ways to deliver us we've never even considered before. So let me wrap this up for you. Give me some, if we're going to protect hope and we need to protect hope, how do we protect our hope? One, recognize the need for words that build up. Acts, Acts uh, 20, 32 said, Now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. We need words that build us up. Now listen, I'm a, I'm a, I keep having this come up in my heart, I'm going to say it again. If you're listening to the news 24-7, it is not going to help you. It is not going to build you up. Now you say, well, Alan, you know, those are, I need to know what's going on. You'll be surprised at how well you could do if you don't know everything that's going on. What you do need to know is God will help me and God will help us get through this situation. You don't need to know everything else about everything because hardly any of it's good news, guys. So I really want to encourage you. If words can build up, words can tear down. So be real careful of that. And I, I know people have gotten used to just listening to news all the time, all the time, all the time. It, it's, it, it, the next thing is exactly what the news does often. And there's so many pundits and talking heads. They've got 24-7. They have to produce content. Do you think that they're absolutely going to say, hey, what can we share with the American people that's going to really help them and bless them? I don't think they're thinking that way. The churches are thinking that way. The, the media is not thinking that way. They're thinking of clicks. How do I get you to connect in? So here's the second. So recognize our need. We have a need for words. God's words build us, build us up because they call attention to God's power and his ability to save and deliver us. Second thing, recognize the voice of fear, but don't let it be the loudest voice. We can come across, now fear can come across as pure logical or pure fact. Here are the facts. The facts are this. The facts are he can do this. The facts are here's what's going to happen. Some of the, some of the facts is pure conjecture. What they're saying, what they're projecting about our country in the future, a lot of that, they're, they're, they're just, it's conjecture. But even the facts of who's died and who's been infected, I, I'm telling you, facts can, can, can cause fear if that's all you focus in on. If facts have the loudest voice, it's not going to help you. Second Corinthians Paul was talking to the church and he said, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. I'm telling you, this situation is temporary. It's going to change. And so what we need to focus on is I can't want to focus on what's changing out here. I want to focus on God, his power, his ability to help, his ability to protect, his ability to save. That's what I'm going to focus on. Say, well, you know, I don't, you know, I, I, want to, I don't want to put my head in the sand. You know, you know what I mean by that. Put your head in ostrich, puts his head in the sand. That's, that's denial. Listen, 
I'm not going to put my head in the sand, but I'm not going to put my head in the problem either. I'm going to, I'm going to focus my attention on what God's saying because his words are what build up and help us. So you can pay attention to the facts and just don't let them be the loudest voice. Yeah, I know that, but I know God is helping us. I know God is doing something in our lives. The second thing is fear diminishes God's ability to help or make a difference. The voice of fear is always talking. Is God going to be able to do this? Is God going to be able to help here? Fear will weaken us and cause us to give up. See, that's the whole thing about fear. It, it just, you just want to go, huh. I want to throw in the towel. Remember perseverance and the comfort of the scriptures that we have hope? If we're expecting something good, we're not giving up. But fear wants to, when you get in fear, it, it weakens you. In the book of Daniel, Daniel was, uh, I'm sorry, not Daniel, uh, Nehemiah. In the book of Nehemiah, they were building the wall and they had a lot of a barrage of, of attacks from the enemy, verbal attacks, and, and Nehemiah said to weaken us and so that the work would stop, to weaken our hands. What happens when fear, we get weak? And so just recognize that and recognize that you don't have to give in to it. That's why God told Joshua, Joshua 1a, he said, be strong and of a good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Boy, that's an encouraging word. Here's the last thing. This, in, in the middle of this, don't just cry. Cry out to God. Don't, don't just cry and cry and go, I don't know what's going on. Cry out to God. This is a great time to renew your relationship, a great time to come closer to Him, a great time to seek Him, and a great time to take the cares and cast it over on Him. I'll share one scripture, then we'll close. In Philippians, the fourth chapter, Paul is writing to church. Now, this applies today like it did two months ago. And Philippians 4 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That's why I would encourage you. Man, don't, don't, don't just cry. God cares so much more about you than that. So take the care. Talk about the, the, the challenges that you're facing, but take it and cast it over on Him and ask Him for His help. Get Him involved. You can do that. You can keep hope alive. You can protect that hope that this is going to turn out okay. Now, I want to, I want to pray for you. And then if you, if you don't have a relationship with the Lord, I want, to, I want to pray that prayer as well. Father, thank you for those who are, who are listening tonight or whenever time they're listening. I ask that you would strengthen them, that you would help them persevere. Father, that you would help them keep hope alive in their life that their words towards you would be good and that fear would be held at bay. Thank you for your help in Jesus' name. Amen. Now listen, if you've never made Jesus your Lord, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Or maybe you have and you've gotten away from him. I want you to pray this prayer with me. We're going to pray it out loud. I'll lead you in it. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. 
Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I said yes to you. And that's such a great prayer. If you did that, it seems so simple, but it's so powerful. If you did that, maybe for the first time or you're coming back to the Lord, you can text us at 313131. If you're on one of our platforms that you could click in, let us know that you've made a decision. You could always contact us. We love you and we're praying for you. And we'd love to know about your decision. What a great time to come back to the Lord. Let me bless you before we go. We've been, we've been doing that, that blessing and uh, it's, it's a great time to receive a blessing. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. We love you. We're praying for you. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.